0: They can't handle the truth.
1: War Room, Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon.
2: Dr. Redfield. I think a lot of people might say, well, okay, we don't know exactly for sh- sure which of these two hypotheses it is. Uh, policy, maybe policy changes should happen to guard against to, uh, both of them. You know, if we, if there were, we, we, there's only maybe so much we can do about wet mar- open wet markets in, in China, but if, if we had them in the U.S., we would close them. Uh, we would also maybe renew the moratorium on gain-of-function research, which expired in 2018. My understanding is some exceptions were granted anyway under that moratorium. Um, Dr. Fauci was was deposed on this issue and, and, and gave some inclination that he might have personally signed off on some exceptions, but now that moratorium no longer exists. Do you think we should re-implement a moratorium on this research like today?
3: Yeah, I mean the reason that I've taken the position that I've taken, you know, I, I just prefer to stay out of the public eye and been there, done that. But I took this position because I feel very strongly that we need to have a moratorium on gain-of-function research. I told you that the great pandemic is coming. I think it's going to come not from spillover. It's going to become from gain-of-function research or intentional bioterrorism, right? It's going to be a bird flu virus that is manipulated to be able to transmit human to human, very similar to what we saw with the COVID. You know, in 2014, that laboratory published that they finally learned how to take their COVID virus and have it bind to the H2 receptor and humanize mice, and therefore it could go human to human. I mean, they did the experiments, they published them in, in 2014. And in now we see that there's a COVID virus, which is, I think, has a n- number of signature sequences in it that aren't normal, the fear and cleavage site, the fact that they use the nucleotide triplet for arginine that humans use, not bats use, the fact that COVID right now can barely infect bats, but it can infect humans, I should tell you that there's a lot of evidence that this virus was manipulated to be able to be highly transmissible among humans. I think it was done probably as part of a biodefense program that largely was trying to make a vaccine vector that would be used for good purposes. But unfortunately that virus escaped and it was highly transmissible for humans and you saw from the time it escaped, which was probably somewhere in the September timeframe. Remember in September, that laboratory did three things. They changed the uh, management from the uh, the civilian to military. They deleted all the sequences of the viruses and they put a contract in for a new ventilation system. That's about the same time uh, they began to see some illness in the area. So I think that's when the epidemic started. And um, I do think the gain of function research moratorium is something should happen. It shouldn't be decided just by scientists. I happen to be a scientist, but we shouldn't decide this ourselves. There should be a broader debate of society, whether this research needs to be done or not. Tony will argue it needs to be done. Collins will argue it needs to be done. Um, I think that debate should happen. And if the answer for society is we need to do the research because the potential good is greater than any Harm, then we should figure out how do we do it in a safe, responsible, and effective way. But right now, this research is being done in university laboratories all over the world. And again, I'll go on record, you know, don't like to say it. My parents were scientists. It it hurts me to say this. But I do believe that the most likely answer when we get to the truth is that this pandemic was caused by science, not by a natural spillover event.
2: Dr. Redfield, thank you so much for joining us today. We really
3: appreciate it. I do believe that Fauci and Collins are uh, are working in what they believe is in the best interest of science. Mm -hmm. I happen to totally disagree with them. Uh, They are strong advocates of -of gain-of-function research. I'm a strong advocate for a moratorium on gain-of-function research because I do believe it's very probable that this pandemic was a direct consequence of science. I do think you're right that there's a strong interest in protecting their view, protecting science, that is protecting gain of function research, and thereby trying to shift the debate. This obviously didn't come from the laboratory. This obviously came from nature. Um, And that's really the push, you know, secondarily, you know, you know, and I don't blame the Chinese lab per se, you know, the reality is the U.S. government funded this work. NIH funded it, USAID funded it, the State Department funded it, and the DOD funded it. So the United States funded the research and the scientific community, largely in America and Europe, fostered the gain of function research, which was the basis for which this virus came. Tony's right that prior to gain of function research, the only way new pathogens came in to the human species was spillover. But now, in the presence of of gain-of-function research, where you can take a pathogen into a laboratory and change it, then no longer does the species barrier really define uh, the event in humans. It can actually come. And I do believe the next pandemic, and we're going to have another pandemic, and I think it's going to be the great pandemic. I consider COVID a minor pandemic. The great pandemic is going to come. And normally, it would come from spillover. It's going to be bird flu that learns how to transmit to humans and then go human to human. But I think the species barriers are very real. Um, but it's much more probable that it will happen because again, of a of function research in a laboratory and then escape, and then we're going to have a pandemic with flu, which will be much more brutal uh, to the world than COVID was.
4: He says he will declassify COVID origins intel, except info that would harm national security. Is there a bigger national security threat than something that killed one million people?
5: Yeah, I've I've seen seen some of the commentary uh, on your network about this. Uh, The President obviously has to balance transparency with national security. Peter, of course he does. Um, Right When coming into office, ordered the declassification of what the DNI had on COVID origins ordered the entire intelligence community and added the department of energy to that list uh, and
4: where is it hey let me finish my if answer we're talking about the beginning added of the department Tarot. of energy
5: and national labs told them to keep studying it um, we have kept congress informed some of that has to be in a classified way right now but it's always a balance between the uh, the public's right to know right not need but right and our obligation to protect national security so Uh, one should not read into that statement that he's sort of laying a foundation here uh, to be overly secretive. He believes strongly that we've got to find the, the roots and the origins of COVID so that we can prevent a future pandemic. And through his actions, just judge him on what he's done. Through his actions, he's proven that he's willing to be as transparent as possible with the American people because he believes that's important.
0: Okay, there could not be a more with everything going on but this gets back to what's happening in Moscow right now with she. With we got to stop playing games. Uh, Redfield is not a guy, as you can tell by his demeanor, that runs around with this hair on fire. And I want to give a hat tip to the team over at the Hill newspaper. That's their morning show, Rising. That was as close to a blockbuster interview as you can get because he was dropping truth bombs there that were like, you know, neutron bombs. It just amazing. Also, two things I want to make sure that we continue to put together here and continue to keep in mind is that um, this whole situation with John Solomon, we know about the uh, already the classified information went back and forth from 2004 that we have the receipts for that people know. And I've asked Dr. Wolf to join us here in a second, Amy Wolf. (laughs) we got to stop kidding ourselves and stop playing games. It is a known fact, and it's not even questionable that the Chinese Communist Party and the PLA have a massive and major biological weapons offensive capability that they have built in our building. It's not defensive, it's offensive. And I'm not saying I have never said that they purposely let this weapon out because that's what this weapon is. Remember, gain of function, we're the first piece, I think, in all media that dug that term out in uh, in February of 2020 because we were the first group to be on this. And we had, Hatfield was our advisor before he we went to the White House. They saw him on the show in the first week and said, hey, can you come over to the White House? And he would, he'd still stay with us for another week or two before he got his clearance to get in there. And Hatfield was telling us about, remember, gain of function is just directed evolution. It's to take you like uh, 500,000 years into the future, right? It's weaponization of biology let's not, it's not there to find, oh, in case, you know, a bird, it's so many thousands of years in the future. It's not like, oh, we're going to get a new bird virus and we're going to have to protect ourselves from it. That's all a scam. And we've got to get to the bottom of this. It is is absurd. First off, we're not a major power. It's absurd that a major power would be sitting here years after the event, years after the event and still having questions about, oh, they won't give us the information, they won't give us the access. This is absurd. And this is one of the fundamental questions of our time. And the reason is, if you look at, I'll bring Naomi Wolf in and Naomi, you were a political strategist and consultant before you got really engaged in this pandemic. But if you just look at the, you know, we had Ed Dowd on uh, earlier today, if you just look at the damage that was done in the response to this, the public health responses, some people doing it for very good reasons, but just, you know, for mandates, to mask, to all of it. And then for the vaccine to kind of skip over the therapeutics and go right to a vaccine. It has upended world history. It's changed the direction of the world, and to now know that oh, we're going to release this. I've signed this decree. I'm going to release it, and you wait. Everything important on classified information is going to be with, going to be held back, and we're not going to be much further along than we are today. Doctor Wolf, put it, put your political strategist and your, your you know your pre-vaccine hat on. How unbelievable is it? that we're sitting here three years afterwards and quite frankly, we're still not having a meaningful conversation. We've got the Chinese Communist Party putting the raccoon dog. We're back to the (coughs) wreck. we got a raccoon dog. And and, and these people with knitted brows, they come on. It's just like the, the financial system is melting down. They get knitted brows sitting there going, you know, it's very interesting what's happening. You know, you get the raccoon dog and you have people on TV that will sit there with a knitted brow and have a discussion on the raccoon dog. Okay, I will tell you. A raccoon dog in the wet market in Wuhan and somebody eating a raccoon dog soup did not cause this. And it's ridiculous and an insult to your intelligence to think that. Dr. Naomi Wolf.
6: Well, as I'm watching this, my pre-vaccine, post-political consultant brain, the wheels are turning and turning, going, why now? And why not three years ago or two years ago or one year ago? Why is it now? that this person who was so centrally situated, who knows so much about the fights uh, internally, about gain of function, about Tony's uh, support for it, um, why is he coming forward now uh, making it clear that um, this was lab generated and that our own military, it appears, were involved? Why is he talking now about something that, you know, let us note, is still illegal, right? It's been illegal since 2014. No one in America, no one American is supposed to be involved in gain of function. It's verboten. Our our laws made it impossible to do this. And, and yet he's talking about uh, the uh, push to do it, the support for it by the most senior people, Dr. Fauci, Dr. Collins... Um, certainly, you know, that would involve Dr. Barrick, Dr. Daszak, they kept going. And there's not like a hint of self-consciousness that they were advocating, continue to advocate to continue to support something that is completely illegal, according to the laws of our land. Um, There's no recognition that our money uh, was, was devoted billions of dollars to supporting research that our laws Banned, and that they just offshore the exact same research with the same people, Dr. Barrick, Dr. Daszak, you know, Dr. Fauci, the same people overseeing it. So, part of me is is trying to do the chess of what happened, what's happening, that he's coming forward now. Um, I understand better why he didn't come forward for the last two and a half years, right? The whole establishment would have destroyed him the way it destroyed everyone who tried to put a head above the parapet, no matter how well sourced, no matter how distinguished, to ask questions about um, could this have been lab generated. So I don't know the answer to that, but I can speculate, but it's just speculation, but it's notable, right? Why now? Well, I guess now what we're seeing is people distancing themselves from Dr. Fauci, right? Distancing themselves from Dr. Collins. I guess the other thing that's odd is why now is the White House willing to declassify the COVID origins does feel like a lot of under-the-bus throwing going on simultaneously. You know, they could have done that two years ago, a year ago, you know, six months ago. Um... I certainly agree with you that we're going to get a lacework of redactions. You know, it will be meaningless, really, uh, whatever is declassified, Um, because you can call anything national security, right? You can call protecting Dr. Fauci and his secrets national security. Um, So I'm not hugely hopeful about that. So I guess what I'm really saying is I see movement on the chessboard. I see um, people kind of trying to get ahead of something very, very, very bad that's coming to light. Um, But I don't fully understand the timing.
0: Let me ask you, on your your effort, and today the book's out in paperback, I want to make sure everybody sees this because there's something we couldn't be prouder of. And the feedback I get when I go to these conferences or CPACs and and meet people that have been part of the project, uh, it's incredible the pride they have in, in getting involved in something that's really helped um, I think, stop the, stop so much of the hurt that's happened in the country. And you see it through their own agency, their own efforts, they're working. So I want to talk about the book. Is it your belief that if we had been more direct, if we, if we got to the bottom and had an adult conversation about the real origin, is there anything you've seen in the Pfizer documents at all would have made any difference in this whole program that they had that were still essentially in the clinical trial? I mean, I don't know how you... Because it's, like I said, it's not my land of country, but I don't know how you even set the predicate for having what could be a potential vaccine if you don't really have the core thing that you're trying to vaccinate around, and the people that know about it right. won't give you the information. Am, am I am I off there?
6: Um, no, you're you're right. Um, I mean, it's it's surreal, right? Putting these pieces together. The the Pfizer documents, you know, document a time from, from the end of 2020 into the first part of 2021, and this was a timeline of which insiders knew this was lab created, and our highest levels of of uh, expertise, uh, you know, maybe military, certainly civilian, were were involved in creating it. So it is bizarre that there is no sign of communication in the Pfizer documents, um, you know, with the people who know what's in the virus and 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 how to how to fix it, how to solve it, how to treat it. Um, this is a question that's being asked right now, right? People who knew about how it was created, how the virus was created, like Dr. Dazak, like, Ralph Barrick, you know, why isn't Dr. Baric in front of Congress answering questions about how do we, how do we treat people who've been injured this way? You helped to create it. Why isn't Dr. Fauci being asked how, what is the treatment protocol for something that you helped to create? You understand this monstrous uh, concoction. Um, You were part of it. You were part of manufacturing it. Now heal us, right? There's. No, no evidence of that, and in fact, every possible those same people suppressed every possible treatment, um, including effective treatments like ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, that that were um, that were surfaced. They they suppressed them. They directed millions of dollars at smearing people who were saying, "Hey, my patients are getting better. Um, you know, don't put people on ventilators. Don't put people on remdesivir. They're going to die." Those same people who were involved in the manufacture of the bioweapon in the lab and oversaw that. I can't stress this enough. They're the same people who suppressed treatments and they're the same people who harangued you know the residents of Anacostia to to take a, a vaccine um, that appears to have no uh, communication with the people who knew the origins of the virus, right? So what, What you can only conclude, and the same cast of characters knew all of this and are behind all of it, like Dr. Fauci, certainly Rochelle Walensky, um, the heads of the FDA. So you can really only conclude, and again, I always say as a former political consultant, you've got to look at events in history backward. You've got to see what happened, whom it benefited, and then go back and analyze. how it all came about because the stories that you're told are useless, right? There are message shops to create stories, to get people to the end goal that the movers and shakers want them to reach. So looking backwards, analyzing events backward, it certainly seems obvious that the Fauci's, the Dozics, the Barracks, um, maybe the U S military, uh, Certainly the Wuhan Institute, which is under the guidance of the PLA, there's so much cro- weird cross pollination going on in which we are really funding China and China's manufacturing the vaccine. And, you know, China is also where the leak came from. You know, so much collaboration there in a way that is mystifying unless there's. Um, unspoken bonds, which we're now seeing surface, you know, regurgitated out of the networks of embroilment of the Biden administration with China, right? But the same people clearly wanted um, this bioweapon, whether it leaked intentionally or not, I can't speculate about that, but it le- clearly leaked from a lab. that New York Times should be ashamed of itself with its raccoon dogs. Um, those same people wanted to suppress any treatments that were short of the vaccine, and they wanted the rollout of the vaccine, and they're invested in the vaccine, and their friends are invested in the vaccine. So that's that's the story that I see. Um, it's it's shocking. It's beyond belief. And I don't fully understand why our, I get why our military would want to experiment with bioweapons, right? I get that there's a national security, arguably, I think, I, you know, I'd come down on the other side of it as a citizen. but. Arguably, you want to know what's in a bioweapon so you can protect your people against a bioweapon, but I do not understand the unleashing, maybe accidental, that I understand, maybe it was a leak from a lab, but I don't understand the unleashing of this vaccine bioweapon on our people um, to follow the unleashing, intentional or not, of this virus bioweapon, and the last thing I'll say, which is terrifying, is these people tell you what they're going to do before they do it. And we have heard over and over and over from these people on the inside, you know, whatever their consciences are doing to them now. And I think what we're seeing among other things, which is super interesting spiritually, is people who have been involved in very bad things, kind of thinking, uh, you know, I'd better come clean about some of this or I'm kind of tormented by some of this. I think there's an element of that going on. Um, but i i I know that the people who did all of this um, had this had this script in advance, of course. and and also i know that they keep saying there's going to be a giant pandemic even worse than this one that you know you heard what he said the great pandemic that's focus group language that's the kind of language that chills my soul when i hear it because it means a group of smart people sitting in a room said what are we going to call it um the big pandemic no biff that's not scary enough the super alarming pandemic oh come on jenny you can do better than that okay let's call it the great pandemic and and You know, Fauci said this. He said there's going to be a pandemic when President Trump is in office. Um, Bill Gates long ago said there are going to be pandemics. He keeps saying there are going to be pandemics. I didn't even hear the word pandemic until like 2019. It was not a word in common usage. Epidemic. And, you know, Dr. Redfield slipped and said epidemic early on. Um, That was the word that, you know, went back to to as long as, as epidemiologists have been talking about um people getting very very sick over large geographical areas pandemic is is maybe it's an older word but it's only in pretty recent usage and they're letting us know that this was you know a trial run and worse is ahead and why would they not look at look at how successful it's been right look at the billions of dollars that have transferred from middle class people working class people you know small businesses to, to Tech oligarchs to the federal government to um, Bill Gates um, to Dr. Fauci. So why would they not right? Why would they not keep going? It's a fantastic model, and it's also a fantastic model of blackmail. I mean, when Bill Gates says there's going to be another pandemic unless a lot of money is spent, you know, to prevent it, and here's my plan, you know, and here's the World Health Organization, and you better get. Behind this, um, and my plan involves the purchase of you know billions of dollars of of this technology and maybe a future technology. I mean that's a way to blackmail the whole world. It's a it's a way to blackmail all the all the governments of the world. Um, so I guess going back to what we can and should do, I personally think we need to actually ban you know this kind of research and create. Metanational institutions that are not these corrupted UN, World Health Organization, World Economic Forum institutions, in which actual nation states that are led by actual representatives of actual citizens engaged in the process create agreements that ban this kind of research and ban threatening people through nonprofits. And <laughs> yeah, we got
0: a, we've got a minute or so here, and I want to hold you through because I want to get to the book and people get it. But real quickly. Um, Given where we are, and let's say we're not going to get those institutions tomorrow because they're not, not going to sit there and go, Naomi, what a brilliant idea. Let's go ahead and do that. Given what you know from being in the belly of the beast of the research of you're seeing uh, Pfizer talk to each other, what would happen to us in a great pandemic? Would automatically they they'd go right back to the vaccine model immediately to roll a ma- some sort of massive vaccine program and mandate program
6: out, ma'am? I mean, A, totally, yes. Um... Of course, but B, they'd also go right to, you know, Governor Hochul is appealing so that she can get her quarantine camps, right? Um, The Biden administration appealed the decision to take masks off of travelers. So they would go right back, but worse, to what they tested out, you know, this time around. Uh, quarantine camps, like in China, um, separating children from their parents' laws, or public health uh, fiat declarations that um, kids and teenagers and minors can be injected with whatever without their parents' consent. Um, they would go back to masking like crazy, closing down businesses, uh, and basically holding us all hostage again. Certainly digital ID, certainly CB, the digital currency is is part of that. He kind of was saying COVID is a trial run. That's what I heard him say, Dr.
0: Hang on for one second. We're going to talk about the book. The book is out today in paperback. We're going to talk about the latest research in the book. Short commercial break. Dr. Naomi Wolf Well, join us on the other side. And we've got Joe Allen. A lot of developments in AI. And guess what? Some of them are pretty scary. Next in the world. Buy gold and get a free safe to store it in. That's right. On qualifying purchases from Birch Gold Group, now through March 31st, They'll ship a free safe directly to your door. Just text Bannon, B A N N O N, to 989898 to get your free info kit on gold and to claim eligibility for your free safe. Here's the deal the Fed keeps raising rates because it's the only tool they have to keep inflation under control. And guess what? It's not working. You can't spend your way out of inflation. You've seen the impact on the stock market, you've seen the impact on your savings. Hedge inflation by owning gold. Let me repeat that. Hedge inflation by owning gold. Whether physical gold and silver in your own safe or through an IRA in precious metals where you can hold real gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied customers. Text BANNON to 989898 for your free info kit on gold. And to claim eligibility for your free home safe by March 31st on qualifying purchases. Again, text BANNON to 989898. In my younger days, I was a naval officer on a destroyer. In fact, I was the A-gang officer in charge of all the engineering systems that were not main propulsion. And one of those was air purification, and I can tell you, the standards of the United States Navy are second to none. If all home air purifiers are the same, why did the U.S. Department of Defense select EnviroCleanse to protect and purify the air on board our Navy ships? Because EnviroCleanse, advanced mineral technology goes beyond ordinary HEPA filters to destroy airborne illness causing cold and flu viruses, including COVID. EnviroCleanse is the new science in air purification, and now you can order one for your home. This is how you help stop colds and flus from taking your whole family down. This is how you destroy allergy-inflaming toxins and mold from the air your family breathes. In fact, this hospital-grade technology is so powerful that it promises far fewer colds and allergies and better sleep. Visit ekpure.com, that's ekpure.com, and use the code STEVE for 10% off your EnviroCleanse home purification unit. You also receive a free air quality monitor, plus fast, free shipping. That's $150 savings right there. That's ekpure.com, code STEVE, ekpure.com, code STEVE.
1: War Room battleground with Stephen K Bannon.
0: Okay, one of the big developments we're going to be covering this a lot is the release of this information. Obviously, there's a bunch of breaking on um, on new revelations coming out about the Wuhan lab, and the, since the, they're now partnering and they're up front and in your grill about partnering uh, the KGB and the CCP, do uh, you don't think for a second they're talking about labs? and those types of things, maybe even in Ukraine. So this whole thing is going to get uh, very gnarly very quickly. Uh, Naomi, but we've got some good news. The Warren Posse, you guys partnered with Daily Clout, uh, a lot of work done. You're on the offense and legal, but the book's out. And I really want to agree the Warren Posse can get the book. I know time's a type. and get the book. You just put it on your coffee table. It will be a conversation piece. Right. Uh, And particularly for your relatives, your friends, your colleagues, your work, family and neighbors who, let's say this, maybe are not War Room fans or have not spent the last couple of years since pandemic came on getting to know uh, the Dr. Malone's uh, and the Dr. McCullough's and the Dr. Stephen Hatfield and the Dr. Naomi Wolf. Maybe they can't Paul Alexander, the whole crew. So Naomi, tell us about it. Tell us about the book and how can people get it?
6: sure so um you know i completely agree with you the beauty of this book is that it is these 3500 very distinguished uh, scientists and physicians and you can't dismiss it right i mean any of us one could say we have baggage we have a point of view But this is straight up actual science, actual medicine, and it's pretty exciting that today is the day it you can pre-order it in paperback. Um, we talked about the impact it's going to have to just put a physical book down, and people are ordering it in multiples. So you can order it on Amazon, which is a miracle. I'm kind of waiting for um, the censorship to start, the other shoe to drop. But for now, you can freely order it. You can get it. You can distribute it. And this is a huge, huge breakthrough. I just want to, you know, briefly. Recap, uh, and it goes along with what we were just saying before the break, Steve. That in in this book, it refutes every single lie that you were told for the last three years by people like Dr. Fauci, Dr. Walensky, um, you know, by by the agencies, by President Biden. And just to recap a little bit, some of the. I hate to say, well, headlines, um, you know, of these two years in which I've been talking to you all and and hearing from Amy Kelly and volunteers about what's really in the Pfizer documents and seeing it for myself. Um, These are people who told you to get your teenager injected when they knew that 35 minors had sustained heart damage within a week after being injected by their mRNA vaccine. They're the ones who were saying, and you can see this timeline, it's chilling, Um, The talking points when they were saying safe and effective, 99% effective, 95% effective, 94% effective. They knew perfectly well that by November of 2020, the vaccines didn't work to stop COVID. And they internally were calling it um, failure of efficacy. And that the third most common side effect of the injections was COVID. Um, They were telling pregnant women to get injected, as were the spokesmodels, as was uh, Rochelle Walensky, when they knew perfectly well that inside their documents, there was an over 80%. You heard that correctly, over 80% miscarriage or spontaneous abortion rate in the cohort of pregnant women that they followed in the internal documents. Um, I mean, we just talked about some of the more recent reports. Right now, the CDC a year and a half after we began our work, is investigating and calling attention to a possible relationship of the mRNA vaccines to strokes. Um, Our team found that uh, there were 62 people who sustained strokes. Um, Half of those adverse events were within 48 hours of being injected, and some of those people died. Same thing with liver damage, same thing with kidney failure. you know, these are just some of the recaps. And again, the thing I always come back to is the baby die-off. They knew that there was, and you can see this in the Pfizer documents, and that's why I'm so excited about this book being physically out, because you can see the story develop in the physical book. Books are amazing. Um, But you can see the kind of realization that the, the volunteers had, and then that I had, and then all of you had about six months ago, that this was also a 360-degree attack on human reproduction, you know, on the placenta, on poisoning mother's milk, on... Um, you know, uh, uh, aggregating lipid nanoparticles in the ovaries, the 20 different horrible names for horrible things that happen to your menstrual cycle if you're female, that's all right there on a table in the Pfizer documents. Um, When they were saying not only to everyone it's safe and effective, but when they were especially mandating young women and young men who haven't had their children yet, especially mandating college students. And another important piece of the puzzle that came out in the last day or two that the world economic forum has a global heads of universities club which includes the great universities that are mandating students to take in this mrna injection that is destroying the fertility of young women and degrading the sperm count and sperm motility and testes of young men um and these include yale uh cornell mit but they also include Oxford and Cambridge universities. So it, it really kind of helps to explain how there could be such a coordinated assault on our population and coordinated messaging.
0: First of all, if, if people still want to volunteer, where do they go to Daily Cloud? If people want to support Daily Cloud, where do they go? What's your social media? And once again, how they pre-order the book?
6: So please go to Amazon and look up War Room Daily Cloud Pfizer Documents uh, research analysis reports and it, it is right there it's a miracle it's an absolute miracle um that it's it's come through this um, uh, ship to actually reach look, people in book form. and you can go to dailycloud.io got, as well mm-hmm. there you go
0: you gotta Pay ask copy. you gotta at, you gotta at, you have to ask the special operator who you're very close to even right now what's the over and under <laughs> how long that stays up on how long that stays up on amazon What's the I, over? Know, what's the line? Give me the line.
6: I'm I'm literally keeping my fingers crossed, but we're gonna get this physical book out no matter what Amazon or PayPal or Venmo do to us. So, but it helps for you to yeah, no, help it's a huge it and distributing it.
0: To your it's friends. a huge moment. I want everybody to get and put it out there, and then it'll be a conversation piece that you can you'll you'll change some people's minds when you start flipping through it. Uh, one last time, what's your social media so people can follow you?
6: Dr. Naomi R. Wolf on Getter. Naomi R. Wolf back on Twitter with mixed feelings. Um, I am on <laughs> Substack as <at> outspoken. <laughs> I know, right? And I'm right here in the I'm morning. Gonna have, no,
0: we're How having
6: this would have been possible. We'll
0: have you. We'll have you. We'll have you back on about the, the people on Twitter. The, the the management of Twitter singling you out for special treatment. So Naomi, thank you very much. You're a warrior and a patriot. Thank you, ma'am.
6: They didn't win, did they? Appreciate so congratulations you to you, Steve, they, and to your team for this big day.
0: Yeah. No, They have not won so far. The War Room Posse not going to go down without a fight. So That's right. They're fighting. <laughs> We're fighting. <laughs> Thank you, ma'am.
3: Thank
0: you. Let's bring in Joe Allen. Joe Allen, very disturbing uh, revelations of the last couple of days in your line of country. I know you're working on a big project for us. Let's play your cold open, and then I want to bring you in.
7: So paint a picture for us. One five, 10 years in the future, what changes because of artificial intelligence?
0: So part of the exciting thing
4: here is we we get continually surprised by the creative power of of
7: all of society. I think that word surprise though, it's both exhilarating as well as terrifying to people. Because on the one hand, there's all of this potential for good. On the other hand, there's a huge number of unknowns that could turn out very badly for society. What do you think about that?
4: We, we've got to be cautious here. And, and also, I, I think it doesn't work to do all this in a lab. You've got to get these products out into the world and, and make contact with reality, make our mistakes while the stakes are low. But all of that said, uh, I think people should be happy that we're a little bit scared of this. I think people should
7: You're be happy. You're a little bit scared.
4: A little bit, You yeah, personally. Course. I think if I said I were not, you should either not trust me or be very unhappy I'm in this job.
7: So what is the worst possible outcome?
4: There's like a set of very bad outcomes. One thing I'm particularly worried about is that these models uh, could be used for large-scale disinformation. I am worried that these systems, now that they're getting better at writing computer code, could be used for offensive cyber attacks. Um, And we're trying to talk about this. I think society needs time to
7: adapt. And how confident are you that what you've built won't lead to those outcomes.
4: Well, we'll adapt it. Also, I think the
7: You'll um, adapt it as negative things occur?
4: For sure, for sure. And so putting these systems out now, while the stakes are fairly low, learning as much as we can, and feeding that into the future systems we create, uh, that tight feedback loop that we run, I think is how we avoid the more dangerous scenarios.
7: Why develop AI in the first place? And then why put it out for the world to use before we know that we are safeguarded, that those guardrails yeah. are in place already?
4: This will be the, the greatest technology humanity has yet developed. We can all have a, an incredible educator in our pocket that's customized for us, that helps us learn, that helps us do what we want. Um, we can have medical advice for everybody that is beyond what we can uh, get today. We can have creative tools that help us figure out the new problems we're gonna solve, wonderful new things to co-create with this technology for humanity. Uh, we have this idea of a, a co-pilot, this tool that today we help people write computer code and they love it. We can have that for every profession and, and we can have a much higher quality of life, a stand, like standard of living.
7: 2024, the next major election in the United States, might not be on everyone's mind, but it certainly is on yours. Is this technology going to have the kind of impact that maybe social media has had on previous elections? And how can you guarantee there won't be those kind of problems because of ChatGPT?
4: We don't know, is the honest answer. We're monitoring very closely. and, And again, we can take it back. We can turn things off. We can change the rules.
7: Would you push a button to stop this if it meant there was a 5% chance it would be the end of the world.
4: I would push a button to slow it down. And in fact, I think we will need to figure out ways to slow down this technology over time.
0: Okay, it's official. The drinking lamp uh, lamp is lit and you can have a stiff brain now. He didn't answer the, Joe Allen, get in here, brother. He didn't answer the, the woman's question, which is, hey, why would you ever release this when you actually, no guardrails are really there. You haven't, you haven't put up any real structures to regulate this or control it. And he gives you the thing, hey, you're going to have the greatest uh, aid to help you learn quicker. Well, fine. Thanks. I, I, that's good. That's upside. I dig that. I read a ton of books, as you know. You do, too. That would, you know, make it quicker. But that's nothing compared to the risk. We need, see in our financial system, no risk management. Here we have, what is he called, the greatest tool? Or the greatest weapon ever created, more powerful than a a nuclear weapon. And they're just free-balling it right now, brother. Joe Allen.
1: Yeah, Steve. I would say that, you know, typically you won't hear me say very many good things about ABC anchors. But I would say that over the entirety of that uh, interview, Rebecca Jarvis actually did a pretty good job of taking Sam Altman and other OpenAI employees to task. He didn't really answer the question in any meaningful way. And I would say that the final question, you know, would you press a button to stop it if it was, if there was a 5% chance of the end of the world? And he said he would press a button to slow it down. I, I, very, very strange responses. I would say that that was probably an impromptu response in which he was being pretty honest uh, in other interviews and uh, in some of his, his writing I think that Altman is – he's not a Ray Kurzweil-style singularitarian, but he does see a sort of singularity as inevitable, even if if it can be slowed down. His essay, The Moore's Law of Everything, or Moore's Law of Everything, basically describes the displacement of all U.S. workers in every capacity, from white-collar to blue-collar but then the uh, construct or the the uh, placement of policies that would give everybody a, a sort of universal basic income so that all the endless wealth would just be distributed across the society of basically useless people uh, another thing that i cut out just for time's sake uh, relating to that personal ai in your pocket is the section on education they talked a bit about that and Uh, Altman talked about how ChatGPT, AI in general, will change education completely. He wrote it off as being just like the calculator. Everything's going to be just fine. Everyone will adapt. But I know educators, and what they're telling me right now is that predisposition to be lazy or to let the machine do all the work is already a huge problem among students, and you have a lot of different universities that are talking about this, a lot of those universities are running cover for it. And I think the real question at the heart of that, Steve, is what does it mean when you have a society where everyone has these little personal AI buddies, especially children? And a a recent article, you'd actually send it to me, a recent article in The Sun of all places. uh, I saw my old uh, advisor at Boston University speaking about this very thing in the context of religion. Um, if you throw it up, uh, Logan, but the, uh, the, 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 the Sun article basically uh, delves into the, the artificial intelligence angle of what happens when uh, preachers and priests are replaced by AI. And my advisor, Wesley Wildman, who I think is one of the most brilliant individuals on the face of the planet, responded i guess much like i would he said that there's a good chance that you will have sermons being written by these ais uh, but he said it was pretty much certain that you would have bible studies that were conducted by these ais you'd have the production of all sorts of synthetic art and music used in a religious context uh, and everyone would basically have their own personal guru in their pocket, an AI guru to help them through their moral and spiritual problems. Uh, it reminds me of that old song, "Your Own Personal Jesus" by The Pesh Mode. But I think that what it really comes down to, Steve, ultimately, with with GPT, and that's just one tiny fraction of all of the AIs that are being unloaded on society now. Uh, the, what it comes down to is that it represents a real tightening of the personal relationship that human beings have with artificial intelligence, and as it moves into education systems, and that's going to happen rapidly, and as it moves into religious institutions, and that I think will happen much more slowly, but will definitely happen, it will change completely the way that people think through problems, whether they're economic or mathematical or biological or religious, And it will give all of these companies a leg up on the rest of us in ways that we have not even seen. It's not even been a shadow of it with social media and search engines. She had asked him, Rebecca Jarvis asked Sam Altman, what what do you think about the 2024 election? Will this impact the election? We already know that chat GPT would not say anything good about Donald Trump and would say only no. good things about Biden due to the sort of safety yeah. layer uh, jiggering that they I, put in I, place I, right i, I told I no you i told you when he, i
0: told deep. you when he first came yeah i told you when he first came over here that this was going to be a major factor in the 2024 it's going to be a big issue the whole transhumanism thing is going to be a big 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 issue we're going to delve down more of that how do people get to your writings you're, you're you're the tip of the tip of the spear on this for the good guys joe allen how do people get your writings
1: uh, you can actually find I have an article up. Uh, it's, it's its quite in-depth on this uh, it, it mental jigsaw, how AI hacks your brain. Uh, it goes into the anthropomorphic instinct. It goes into the possibility of AI sentience. And it goes into the possibility of AI as the new Ouija board. You can find it at warroom.org under the transhumanism tab at my site, jobot.xyz. And at my social media at j o e b o t x y z. Thank you very much, Steve.
0: Joe, Joe Allen, amazing. Thank you so much. Okay, uh, tomorrow when we come back, we're going to get into a lot of economics, a lot of the politics, a lot of things happening. They're breaking news all over right now about President Trump and the Mar-a-Lago situation at the federal court. We get it and all of that. I want to make sure as one of your homework assignments, go to Birchgold.com/slash Bannon. Make sure you get the three-part series, The End of the Dollar Empire. You want to see The End of the Dollar Empire? It was taking place today in Moscow between the KGB and the CCP. You talk about the lab we just talked to Naomi Wolf about and what Dr. Redfield talked about, the bioweapons program. You need to prepare now to become totally self-reliant. So go to birchgold.com slash and get the free info kits, but particularly also get our three-part series. Also get the info kits. Get totally up to speed on everything related to precious metals. And we're going to have more to say about this tomorrow morning. Uh, I got L. Todd Woods here. Uh, Todd, you've been doing so much great reporting at all your different papers. It's been fantastic. But you got a very special event that's going to take place, I think, on Thursday night. Tell us about it.
8: Actually, Friday night, uh, Steve, in Colorado Springs, you know, everybody knows there's been a problem in the U.S. Something's going on with the U.S. military, but we nobody's really connected all the dots. We've been holding these events called American Conversations around the country, focusing on protection of children, et cetera. But this one is going to focus on what is happening to the U.S. military, what is the threat, and how is it happening? And, and the problem is most people don't know what they don't know. Parents that have people in the military, et cetera. So we are... Putting together an, an amazing panel of people who can really drill down. We've got Dr. Ryan Cole, who uh, is talking about all the turbo cancers and what's coming out of the vaccine. Tig Tigan, who was there in Benghazi and knows what it's like to be left behind on the battlefield. Jim Zieglo, an 86 or 87 grad at the academy. Uh, this is being held right outside the gate of the Air Force Academy, by the way. Jim's is suing United Airlines. How to, how to, we, we've got to bounce, but
0: how do people go? Where do they go right now to find more and to get a ticket? Where do they go?
8: armed forces press forward slash event armed forces press armed forces dot press forward slash event so thank you very much and it's Friday night Friday night at what time uh, Todd Friday night at six o'clock armed forces dot press forward slash event in Sea Springs what,
0: the producer the producer is going to talk to you right after this we'll get you on tomorrow morning I want to spend some more time and develop this topic Todd Wood
8: thank you, Steve. Thank you.
0: one of the great publishers out there tomorrow morning 10 a.m. we're going to be on fire back in the war room